This is CNN Breaking News. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper, and we begin today with breaking news. CNN has now projected that President-elect Joe Biden will win the state of Georgia. This comes after we projected he won Arizona last night, flipping those traditionally red states to blue for the first time since the 1990s. CNN also projecting that outgoing President Trump will win the state of North Carolina, which means... In addition to President-elect Biden currently up in the popular vote, 77.9 million votes, or 50.8%, to outgoing President Trump's 72.7 million, or 47.4%, Biden has 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. That's a score that Trump called a landslide when he was on the right end of it. Today, President-elect Biden is meeting with his transition advisors and preparing to take office on January 20th. The Biden-Harris transition team is forced to reach out on their own to governors and health experts in the private sector to prepare since the Trump administration is still refusing to begin the transition process. Trump is set to speak any minute from the Rose Garden. These will be the president's first public remarks since President-elect Biden was declared the winner of the 2020 election almost a full week ago. Trump has so far refused to acknowledge his electoral loss in any way at all, though the writing has been on the wall for quite some time now. More news of finality just in recent hours, with Pennsylvania announcing Biden's margin of victory is way too big to trigger an automatic recount. A law firm representing the Trump campaign in Pennsylvania has withdrawn representation. A judge in Michigan rejected a Republican lawsuit to toss out votes in Detroit. The Trump campaign dropped its lawsuit in Arizona, and the Trump campaign shut off its voter fraud hotline. And yet, President Trump and his advisors are still out there spewing lies about what Department of Homeland Security officials are calling the most secure election in American history. Today, Trade Advisor Peter Navarro and Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany are the latest Trump officials to continue to spread this big lie, signaling that the president is not the only one in the building unwilling to accept the results of the democratic process. President Trump will definitely attend the inauguration. I I think the president will attend his own inauguration. He would have to be there, in fact. We're moving forward here at the White House uh, under the assumption that there will be a second uh, Trump term. Now, is it delusion? Is it dishonesty? Frankly, it doesn't really matter the motivation anymore. All that matters is that, it, is that it's false and it's destructive. A senior administration official tells me that the Trump team is still actually discussing whether President Trump should go out and hold rallies right now. It comes as the Trump campaign's options to try to delay this inevitable result are running out, as CNN's Caitlin Collins reports. Today, President Trump will speak in front of cameras for the first time in over a week for what the White House says is an update on the administration's COVID-19 vaccine initiative. The appearance comes as President Trump and senior government officials are still denying the results of the election, including his top trade advisor. We're moving forward here at the White House uh, under the assumption that there will be a second uh, Trump term. Peter Navarro isn't the only high-ranking aide refusing to acknowledge Joe Biden's win. When the press secretary was asked today if Trump will attend Biden's inauguration, she bizarrely claimed he'll go to his own. It would look pretty bad if he did not attend the inauguration. It would sound like, look like sour grapes, wouldn't it? I, I think the president will attend his own inauguration. He would have to be there, in fact. You really think you can turn this around? 
Absolutely. Officials like Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo are denying reality as the Trump campaign's legal arguments are falling apart in court. Today, the campaign dropped a lawsuit filed in Arizona while acknowledging it wouldn't have made a difference given county officials said fewer than 200 votes were at stake and Biden leads Trump in the state by 11,000. The law firm representing Trump's campaign in Pennsylvania also withdrew from the long shot case today as firms carrying out Trump's legal challenges are now coming under public pressure. Even the president's own Department of Homeland Security is rejecting his claim this election was rigged. Security officials say the 2020 race was actually the most secure election in American history and there is no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes or was in any way compromised. Despite all of that, Trump has refused to concede the race as his allies are pushing him to do so, including Geraldo Rivera of Fox News, who says he spoke with the president today. He told me he was a realist. He told me he would do the right thing. Every impression he gave me, Harris, was that if the process went against him and he was satisfied that every vote, legitimate vote had been counted and every legitimate vote had been thrown out, that he would follow the uh, the edict of the Constitution. I got no impression that he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, plotting the overthrow of the uh, of the elected government. And Jake, on top of all of that, we've been reporting that the president is potentially on the verge of firing the CIA director. And today we've learned that as that's been going on and those discussions about whether or not to terminate her have been happening. There was an intelligence briefing held here at the White House this afternoon with President Trump, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe and other senior intelligence officials. But Gina Haspel was not invited to that briefing. And an official said that it's not mandatory for her to be there. But of course, that is not a good sign for whether or not she is going to be in this job for much longer. And Jake, this comes as the president is about to come out here to the Rose Garden. This is going to be the only the second time he has addressed reporters since he lost the election to Joe Biden. He has not taken questions from reporters since the day of the election. So we'll see if he does when he comes out here in a few moments. All right, Caitlin Collins, thanks so much. Appreciate it. As we reported, the Trump administration continues to block the Biden-Harris transition team's access to federal agencies and funds. Now Biden's future White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain says the delayed transition could hamper the coronavirus vaccine preparations, as CNN's Jessica Dean now reports. President-elect Joe Biden spending today at his Delaware Beach House meeting with transition advisors, taking what advisors describe as his notoriously deliberative approach as he considers potential cabinet nominees. We're charging ahead with the transition. During a virtual briefing, Biden's transition team offering assurances the transition process is moving ahead, even as they continue to wait for the General Services Administration to trigger the official transition process. We're not interested in having a food fight with uh, the GSA administrator or anyone, really. We just want to get access to intelligence information, to threat assessments, to uh, the ongoing work on COVID so that we can prepare to govern. The team confirmed they've been in contact with specific representatives from a number of agencies. We've been in regular contact with uh, federal career officials who are tasked with administering transitions, who are uh, nonpartisan uh, career experts on the on transitions, including at GSA. Aides say Biden has contenders in mind for nearly all of the cabinet positions, but they are trying to be deliberate. As one former senior Obama official advising the Biden transition told CNN, quote, there is no room for any embarrassments. 
Meantime, in his first interview since Biden named him chief of staff, Ron Klain said Thursday night Biden will issue a national mask mandate on his first day in office and install a White House COVID coordinator. And he will have a COVID coordinator who works in the White House, who has direct access to him and will be briefing him uh, daily uh, and otherwise is needed on the response to the COVID crisis. Klain also confirmed Biden has not spoken with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has refused to publicly acknowledge Biden as president-elect. There'll be a time and a place for Joe Biden and Senator McConnell to talk. And we are learning from new reporting from our colleagues Jim Shido and Kylie Atwood that the Biden transition team is reaching out to former Pentagon officials who worked under former Secretary of Defense James Mattis uh, to kind of get the lay of the land for them, from them. Of course, they're locked out from talking to any current Pentagon officials, so they figured former was the next best thing. Jake, we're told they're just looking for information here. All right, Jessica Dean in Wilmington, Delaware, thanks so much. Here to discuss this all, Democratic Congresswoman uh, Jackie Speer, who serves on the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Congresswoman Speer, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Congrats on your reelection. Um, first, uh, President, President Trump's about to speak uh, for the first time since President-elect Joe Biden was declared uh, the winner of the election. What would you like to hear from the outgoing president? I would like the outgoing president to be presidential, to concede the election, to allow the transition to move forward. It's in the best interest of the American people. Our national security is at risk the longer he uh, pursues this fallacy that, or fantasy that he's engaged in about trying to overturn the election results. Well, just a few minutes ago, he tweeted uh, part of this tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that the election software is somehow responsible for why he didn't win. It's been debunked by no less than his own cybersecurity czar at the Department of Homeland Security. Um, so it, it's not just that he's not going to be presidential in all likelihood. Uh, it's that he's spreading this misinformation to tens of millions of his followers. Well, it's true. And what we do know that uh, will happen in the end when you have more than five million more votes that President-elect Biden has received, there is no way that he is going to be able to overcome that kind of a margin. When Jill Stein in Wisconsin called for a recount, when then-President-elect Trump had uh, 23,000 votes, and we now have President-elect Biden having 20,000 votes. When she called for a recount, there were only 131 votes that changed hands. So he's, he's lost. And unfortunately, he's a poor loser. Meanwhile, the American people are at risk. What we do know is that the 30-odd days that transpired before Bush was called the victor in 2000 was somewhat responsible for the fact that it took six months for him to get the clearances on his staff and actually contributed to our uh, lack of ability to anticipate 9-11. Yeah, That's what the 9-11 Commission said. Right. The 9-11 Commission report found that the delayed transition uh, between President Bill Clinton and President George W. Bush in in 2000 hampered their ability, as you note, to put key appointees in place uh, before the the 9-11 attacks. Are you worried that something like that could happen again? Well, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the fact that our embassy in Iraq has been attacked numerous times and our diplomats who are still there are at risk. I'm concerned about the diplomats in Cuba and elsewhere who have had um, 
brain damage of some sort that we have not been able to ascertain what caused it or who is responsible for it, although we have some speculation. All those things that are going on around the world and our adversaries looking at this circus going on here in the United States, um, they delight in it. I can assure you that Putin is just getting the last laugh here because this is precisely what he wants to see happen. Have you talked to any of your Republican colleagues who have not yet acknowledged the result of the election? Because it's really a very short list of Republican officials in Washington who have acknowledged what happened uh, last week, uh, the idea that President-elect Biden is President-elect Biden. Uh, Congressman Kinzinger has, I think Congressman Conway has, but very few Republicans have. Have, have you asked any of them what's going on? This isn't good for the, uh, for the country? You know, I haven't, Jake, and that's probably a good idea. I think I'll get on the phone later today and try and get a sense. What I'll probably hear from them is they realize that Joe Biden is now the president-elect, but they want to give the president more room to come to grips with the fact that he's lost. I mean, this is treating the presidency like you've got a uh, mental health issue uh, at stake here and that we've got to be careful with this fragile ego that is in the White House. It's time for the president to put his big um, big man pants on and, and accept the fact that he has lost. No, I've, I've said it's like they're coddling a five-year-old whose pet turtle died. It's just remarkable. There's a <laughs> growing list of Republican lawmakers who won't acknowledge that Biden's president-elect, but they say he should be getting the, the presidential daily brief and intelligence updates. What do you think it's going to take to get that to actually happen so that president-elect Biden is up to speed so he can protect the country when he takes office on January 20th? Well, Senator Langford, who I served with in the House, uh, has said that if it didn't happen on Friday, he would do something. He then somehow recanted it a little bit. Um, that's the fear that so many of these Republican senators have. One, because they've got uh, two Senate seats that are up in Georgia in January and they want uh, President Trump to be able to rally the forces there. And the other is that they're always concerned about their own skin. It's whether or not the president will come out and attack them. Um, as an outgoing president, he still will have 70 million people that um, he will try to rally around him and others. So it, it's all about um, self-preservation. Meanwhile, we have a country at risk here, and we owe our allegiance to the Constitution, not to um, President Trump, who has lost the election. Not to mention, of course, the coronavirus pandemic, which is getting worse and worse every day. Congresswoman Jackie Speer, thanks so much for your time. We're still waiting for President Trump to come out in the Rose Garden, speak at any moment. His first public remarks uh, since the election was officially called uh, for Joe Biden uh, by every major media organization. Plus, as this nation hits COVID numbers that were unthinkable just a couple weeks ago, a new study is warning of a mutant strain that could spread even faster and the race to get an effective vaccine to all Americans coming with some special challenges. Is the Trump administration up for those challenges? Stay with us. President Trump, we are told, is about to speak at the White House at any moment. We are standing by for that. His first remarks since the race was called for President-elect Biden. Uh, but first, in our health lead, new coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the U.S. are continuing Sadly, to shatter records for the first time ever, the U.S. reported more than 150,000 new cases in a single day. 150,000. 
marking the 10th consecutive day that cases have been above 100,000 new cases. Equally concerning, hospitalization numbers also breaking records for the third day in a row. At least 67,000 Americans hospitalized with coronavirus. That number expected to rise, as CNN's Erica Hill reports. As cases were growing this fall, people were saying, well, the death rate is low uh, and hospitalizations aren't really growing. Well, now we're there and we were predictably there. Records being set and shattered at a frightening pace as the virus rages across the country. Our healthcare heroes have fought valiantly day after day, but we have no reserves. More than 67,000 Americans hospitalized with COVID-19 on Thursday, topping the previous day's high again as the country added a record 153,000 new cases and the daily average of new cases jumped 32 percent in just one week. Our baseline of infections all along has never gone down to a level that would allow you to be easily controllable when you get cases that soar up. An influential model now predicts we could see 2,200 COVID deaths a day by mid-January and 439,000 lives lost by March 1st. Yet even in some of the hardest hit areas, there is resistance and denial. People come in and some of them refuse to wear masks. They create quite a scene at the registration desk to the point that we've had to call the police. In South Dakota, the mayor of Sioux Falls, who once implored residents to wear a dang mask, vetoing a proposed mandate. My official vote on this is a no, and that item fails five to four. Why? The nation's largest indoor water park just opened outside of Austin one day after Texas reached a total of one million coronavirus cases. Every single American citizen needs to step up and take personal responsibility. New York limiting gatherings, cutting back hours for gyms and restaurants starting today. This is going to hurt. Mayor Bill de Blasio warning schools could close as soon as Monday if the city's seven-day average positivity rate hits 3%. There's still a chance to do something to avert that. Chicago's new stay-at-home advisory goes into effect Monday morning. California, Oregon, and Washington urging travelers to avoid non-essential visits. Michigan offering this. The winter holidays simply cannot be the same this year. As Dr. Fauci reminds us to mask up everywhere. If you're indoors and gathering with people, even if it's a relatively small group, to the extent possible, keep the mask on even if you are indoors. The list of states announcing rollbacks or new restrictions is growing. Oregon, Idaho, Vermont and New Mexico among those announcing new efforts today. And here in New York, the governor says he's meeting with his counterparts in six neighboring states this weekend to discuss possible coordination of more new measures. Jake? All right, Erica Hill, thank you so much. CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, joins me now. And Sanjay, we are expecting the president to come out at any moment to talk about uh, the new vaccine and Operation Warp Speed. So I apologize ahead of time if I have to cut you off. But while we're waiting, what do you expect him to say? What do you want him to say? <laughs> well, those may be two different I'm things. I'm sure uh, they are. Know, entirely, you know, <laughs> 
The, I mean, I think that um, what, what I would hope he would say is, is you know, there, there is actually some things worth celebrating right now with regard to this vaccine. I mean, there's still a lot of data we have to look at. But uh, if you look at the initial sort of, um, you know, what we've heard about the Pfizer vaccine being 90 percent effective in terms of uh, uh COVID-19, I mean, that, that's a pretty remarkable number. The FDA said they would have accepted 50%. And, you know, it, the process is moving along very, very quickly. I know he's upset because he says the results were held until after the election. I mean, science doesn't, you know, follow a particular timetable, but it's still really worth celebrating. I mean, we're hearing by the end of this month, uh, perhaps they would apply for an emergency use authorization that may take a few weeks then to get that. But by the end of the year, Jake, uh, we may be putting shots in arms for a vaccine that for a disease we didn't even know about uh, a year earlier. So it, it is worth celebrating. But I, that's what I would hope he would say. But I think, unfortunately, you know, there's going to be grievances there that, I, you know, he wishes it could have gone faster. He should celebrate that Operation Warp Speed has done as good a job as it has so far. Yeah, I mean, he's out there pushing this idea and there's no evidence, no evidence for it at all. Uh, that the announcement was delayed until after the election. You asked the CEO of Pfizer about it. He said, no, not at all. As soon as we found out, we announced it. Um, We should point out that Pfizer did not take money from the federal government to develop the vaccine, uh, but they do have a deal with the Trump administration, with the federal government, uh, to manufacture and distribute the vaccine, which a lot of experts think probably helped uh, encourage and speed up the process. So he could take a victory yeah. lap of sorts. I mean, it is an achievement of his Trump administration. Uh, Sanjay, hold on one sec. Let's go live to the Rose Garden right now, uh, where President Trump is about to make his first public remarks yes, since I losing the election. All right, you've been listening to President Trump uh, and officials who have been working on the successful Operation Warp Speed. They've been, they were speaking in the Rose Garden, uh, the president discussing how a coronavirus vaccine will soon be approved uh, and av- available to most Americans as soon as April. Obviously, we all hope that that is True. He did not concede his election loss, saying, quote, time will tell which administration will be in control come January. Um, The news flash, of course, is that the Biden-Harris administration will be in control in January, whether or not President Trump uh, wants to acknowledge that reality. But let's discuss this important vaccine news. Um, Sanjay, let me bring you back. I'm sorry for cutting you off before. You just heard uh, outgoing President Trump touting Operation Warp Speed, taking credit for the work they've done with Pfizer's uh, coronavirus vaccine. As you and I have discussed many times, this is, especially, you know, there have been a ton of failures of the Trump administration to address this pandemic. This is one of the successes. Yeah, this is this is one of the bright spots. And, you know, I think Monsef Slowey, who's the scientific advisor for Operation Warp Speed, basically laid it out. He said, you know, they brought me in six months ago. By the end of the year, it is likely and we have to say that we don't know for sure that these are going to actually get authorized. But it's looking likely that there will be two vaccines authorized, he's saying, by the end of the year. I don't know if you caught that Pfizer's and Moderna's both, he thinks. And also, uh, two uh, monoclonal antibody therapies, he says, authorized by the end of the year. One of them has already been authorized, the Eli Lilly one. So, you know, that, that, that is, as you point out, Jake, that, that is worth celebrating. I mean, the context for this is that vaccines can take decades sometimes to make. And even after their, this, the uh, application goes in uh, for an emergency use authorization, that can take months. Uh, in December of 2019, uh, a, a um, Ebola vaccine was authorized. You may remember that application went in six months earlier 
And that was considered record sort of turnaround at the time. Point is that things have moved very quickly here. And, and that's worth, you know, it's, it, it is quite notable, the pace of medical innovation. And he, uh, Dr. Slawi said something about needing volunteers. Um, what, what, was he, what was he requesting exactly? Well, he's, he's pointing out that there's, you know, we, we talk about the Moderna and the Pfizer trials, but there's four other vaccine trials that are ongoing. Uh, two of them are in the process of now recruiting patients for the phase three trials. So they have, I think he said, a few thousand. As you know, typically you're talking about tens of thousands of patients in these trials. The, uh, the um, uh, Pfizer one, I think, had 43,000 patients. So they, they need people to volunteer for these trials, and they need people who represent the demographics of people who are most likely to be affected by this disease. So people with pre-existing conditions, people who are elderly. Um, so it's, it's important to get that, that sort of participation so that these trials move along faster. And, and Sanjay, um, outgoing President Trump also said um, that his administration is going to prioritize the elderly uh, and high-risk individuals when they begin to distribute uh, the vaccine. Um, is that standard? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what we've heard, it was a little different than what we've heard, which is that the, the, the healthcare workers are also going to be prioritized. Think of it like this. Um, they are, they're at risk, obviously, because they take care of COVID patients. But, you know, when you talk about some of these hospital systems now around the country, what makes them particularly vulnerable or overwhelmed is if you suddenly get a lot of healthcare workers who get sick and they're out. And then all of a sudden that makes it more challenging to take care of patients. So healthcare workers very much at the top of the list as well to basically create a, a, a greater likelihood that hospital systems can stay stable and that you're not losing human sort of capital resources uh, within these hospital systems. But yes, elderly people, people with pre-existing conditions. And I was just writing down the math here, you know, some 20 million people, he says, maybe by the end of the year, this is Mansa Slui, and then uh, 25 million a month or so, 25 to 30 million a month or so in terms of people who could be vaccinated after that. And we know the Pfizer vaccine, I believe it's two doses and it needs to be uh, kept in below um, freezing temperatures. Do we know about the other vaccine? Is it, is it AstraZeneca? I, I, forget, I forget the name of the pharmaceutical company, but so the Ma- uh, Moderna, what, do we know anything about that one uh, in terms of how many doses and, and the, how, how difficult it will be to distribute and uh, inoculate people? Yeah, it's, it's pretty similar sort of um, what we call these cold storage challenges, not quite as cold as Pfizer. But I think the way to look at it, uh, as someone explained it to me, is do the conventional distribution routes of cold storage for refrigeration, will they work or not for this product? For example, Johnson & Johnson, which is further down the line, they have, they're trialing a one-shot uh, normal cold storage vaccine. If that were to get authorized and approved, uh, that'd be much easier to, to distribute around the world in the United States because existing distribution channels using that sort of cold storage exist. For Moderna, for Pfizer, the, these are going to be brand new sort of um, you know, challenges for cold storage because it's never been done before. And by the way, Pfizer is sort of, they're, they're, they're not using the Operation Warp Speed typical distribution channels. They've decided to sort of go this on their own, that part of it. Moderna, my understanding is. Uh, Gloria Borger and Jeff Zeleny are also with us. Uh, Gloria, um, the outgoing president, made it a point to say this administration will not go into lockdown, uh, but who knows what will happen in the future. This is the closest 
he has publicly gotten to recognizing that Joe Biden is the president-elect and will be taking office on January 20th. Not there yet. I'm not giving him any credit uh, for, you know, being within the realm of the solar system uh, instead of on planet Earth. But it was the closest thing we've heard. It is. It was a really telling slip of the tongue because it's clear that this is what he's thinking. I mean, today was an important day. Joe Biden got to 306, which was the number that he was at four years ago. Uh, It's hard for him not to acknowledge this. He's probably not ready to acknowledge it publicly because he hasn't figured out how he's going to do his mic drop. And um, I'm not we're not privy to how he's going to do it at this point. Is he going to wait till uh, November 20th when Georgia is officially certified, the, you know, the recount? Um, I, we just don't know. But I thought that was really telling, Jake, because what he was saying was, you know, I'm not going to go to a light down, but whatever administration, I mean, who knows? Well, that's more than we've heard from him. Yeah. Because we haven't heard anything from him, of course. Yeah, still not right. cause for celebration, no. but at least uh, something to acknowledge. Reality? A little reality-based. Eh, Maybe. A little bit. Maybe. Uh, Jeff, this is the first time uh, we're hearing from the outgoing president since Joe Biden was declared the president-elect, but he did not mention Joe Biden. He did not mention Joe Biden, Jake, and I just think in his demeanor, uh, he looked like a different person, quite frankly. Uh, his hair looked different. His demeanor looked different. We'll see how he continues throughout the news conference here. But he did not mention Joe Biden. And Joe Biden has been moving forward with his transition. Actually, just uh, moments before he came out, the Biden a transition team put out a statement calling on this administration to talk about masks, calling on this um, administration to act with an urgency that we haven't seen them do. And we did not hear the president do anything like that. It was just talking about vaccines. He sounded as though uh, this uh, crisis is on the verge of being over. And that is simply not what the facts are showing. But from a strictly political matter here, um, we did not see any acknowledgement of the reality that uh, we're told that he has realized. And we know that Republicans, virtually all of them, uh, with the exception of uh, perhaps some who are on his payroll still, have acknowledged the reality that uh, Joe Biden has reached a 306. He's going to be the president on January 20th at noon. We'll see if President Trump is there or not. Uh, We just uh, aren't sure of that. But he did not really, I didn't think it'd go as far as uh, perhaps some Republicans in this town were hoping he would. Yeah, and we should note, retired Marine General John Kelly, who served as President Trump's uh, chief of staff, has given an interview to Politico in which he says uh, that uh, outgoing President Trump should acknowledge and, and allow to begin the transition process if we hear outgoing President Trump saying, uh, you know, that it could who knows what's going to happen. Uh, it might be uh, worthwhile for the sake of national security, at least according to Kelly, to begin that process. Let's let me bring in Sarah Murray right now, who has been investigating the vaccine distribution challenges. Uh, what have you learned? Uh, what was your response to, to, to what we just heard? Well, I mean, look, this is not going to be an easy challenge for any state. And I think we heard from those officials that the supply initially is going to be really limited. And so states are trying to prepare for this, right? And one of the things that they can't get an answer to right now from this administration is how many doses of this vaccine are they going to be getting potentially, you know, as soon as December? There's a big difference between if you're getting 10,000 doses delivered to your state versus if you're getting 5 million. And right now they're just not getting a lot of clarity on that from the Trump administration. That's making it harder for them to plan where they want to distribute the vaccine, how they're going to distribute the vaccine within their own state. You know, we know a lot of this is going to be going to healthcare workers, to frontline workers initially. You know, I also think it's interesting you hear the president out there in his sort of diatribe against New York when he's talking about this vaccine. 
you know, he's not going to be the one who's sitting in the Oval Office when it's time to distribute this vaccine to most Americans. So I don't really think his feelings about New York are going to be particularly <laughs> relevant when it comes time for this vaccine to be available to, you know, you and I, Jake and Gloria. But for this initial phase, I think states are really kind of trying to keep their heads down, stay out of the political fray and prepare for how to get this first set of doses to these healthcare workers as quickly as possible. As Sanjay pointed out, there are also going to be some real tricky difficulties when it comes to this Pfizer vaccine vaccine and the cold storage. States are trying to make plans as detailed as they possibly can without knowing how many doses they're going to get. And Gloria, uh, President, uh, outgoing President Trump uh, earlier today put on Twitter uh, again uh, one of these deranged tinfoil hat conspiracy theories about election software changing the election um, results. There's no evidence for it. It's, it's been debunked by his own cybersecurity czar, Chris Krebs, at the Department of Homeland Security. It's just, I mean, he's just salting the fields right. uh, just so that people will not accept uh, Joe Biden as president-elect. Yeah, I mean, his own, his own uh, cybersecurity people are saying this has been the most secure election in American history. And he is still sending out this disinformation. And when you ask the question why, it has to be because he doesn't care about the democracy or the country or the future of his own Republican Party. But it is about himself and how he can possibly accept this loss. And the only way that he can possibly do it is to say that it was rigged and then move on and say, guess what? I'll be back again in uh, 2024. That's how I think he might do it. It's so disgraceful, it though. Is. It's, and it's, and uh, what I wonder is, I know that there remain patriots in the Trump administration, in the Trump White House, people who have been trying to yes. contain this president's, this outgoing president's worse impulses. And I just wonder at what point do they just leave? Well, I think there are going to be some people who are going to be with him till the bitter end. Kaylee McEnany uh, is one I think of who said today that he would, you know, attend his own inauguration, of course. Yeah, but I'm asking about the Patriots. I'm not <laughs> yeah, asking right. about the Well, I, you know, a lot of them have left, Jake. A lot of them have left. And the people that are left are his family and his devotees and people who figure that either uh, they will stick with him for their own political good uh, because he did get 71 or 72 million votes. And that ain't beans. Yeah. And it's their own political future they're thinking about, not the country. And let me just say, Gloria, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone. Let me just re remind the American people, we don't need outgoing President Trump to concede. It's not required. It doesn't matter. President-elect Joe Biden will take the oath of office on January 20th, and that will be the end of that. It's just a question about how much of a sore loser the outgoing president wants to behave like. Be sure to tune in to CNN State of the Union this Sunday morning. My guests include Dr. Anthony Fauci, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Republican Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, and Democratic uh, Georgia Senate candidate Reverend Raphael Warnock. That's at 9 a.m. and noon Eastern on Sunday. I'll see you then. Our coverage on CNN continues right now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. 
host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.